One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. And I put a note for myself saying that we didn't sync up until three minutes because on the last episode, I was hunting through that whole thing trying to find any of us saying a number. Oh, no! (laughs) It all worked out in the fine. In the end. In the fine end. The end was fine, and it worked out. Good, I'm glad. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Hey everybody, welcome to Loser Like Me. It's a podcast where we watch Glee and then we talk about Glee because it's Glee! (laughs) Because it's 2020 and why the fuck not? Hi, I'm Tanner and I am beautiful no matter what they say. And in this case, they does include my evil reflection. (laughs) I am Christina and words cannot bring me down, except for when they do. Uh, there was a really good Tumblr post where it said, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will fucking kill me. Yep. Power word kill. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I guess, hey, <laughs> there wasn't actually an evil reflection scene in this episode, and I'm surprised there wasn't because it is Glee and we have reached that point where there could be. Wait, hold up. Where was the evil reflection? There wasn't. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm okay, surprised there wasn't, there wasn't okay. one. Okay, okay. We yeah, only had a food hallucination. Too. Yes. I have I have a fun comment about that when we get to that point. But yeah. <laughs> um so this week we're joined by absolutely no one but our own godforsaken selves. Yes. <laughs> we're all alone. Yes. It's my Tanner, my Christina, and us. <laughs> <laughs> we are watching episode sixteen Home. Yes. Directed by Paris Barclay and written by Brad Falchuk. Aired April 27th, 2010. This episode was directed by Paris Barclay, who, according to according to our spreadsheet that you made so dutifully, Paris Barclay's only previous directing credit on Glee was for Wheels. <laughs> so... I, I'm going to say that she did better on this one. Well... Yes. Thinking about Wheels... I mean, directing on Wheels, I'm sure, was fine. I think this is just a generally better episode. It's not my yes. favorite episode, because no. it's it's a pretty... It's a pretty subdued episode, really. Yeah, there's... There is some of, like, the... There is some, like, glee stank ridiculousness in the episode, but it's not as much as it could have been. Yeah. Also, is, yeah, we should... We should just Gross. call it the Glee Stank. We've been calling it the Ryan Murphy Stank for a while, but truly, truly, I think I f- think we should like spread the responsibility around to the entire crew. Yeah, that's true. Especially when Ryan Murphy is not the head writer on an episode. Yeah. Uh, so the recap we got for this episode was, remember how Kurt has a crush on Finn? Remember how April Rhodes exists? And remember how, literally from last episode, Kurt and Mercedes are on the Cheerios? Remember all those sod plots we didn't think we'd ever devote any time to again? Well, we got a renewal, so I guess we better. Yeah. Also, fun fact, like, according to Netflix's subtitles, 
I think this might be the first episode where they refer to the Cheerios as Cheerios with an exclamation point. And also, New Directions is New Directions with another exclamation point. <laughs> and I don't know why the subtitles are doing that. It's Cheerios at the disco. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. It's Glee at the roller rink. <laughs> <laughs> You ready, to, you ready to just jump into the absolute bullshit from the get-go? Let's jump into the bullshit, which, again, I'll, I'll repeat something that I said from the previous episode. This bullshit is intentional. You're supposed to know that this is bullshit. Yeah, because, like, it starts off with Sue talking to Mercedes and Kurt. She says some stuff about how, oh, you're great, and they do, like, a fun little, like, best friend handshake and, like, hair twirl. And then she's like, how do you two not have a show on Bravo already? And Amber Riley had a great face that was just like, I cannot believe she just said that to me. <laughs> I tried, like, four or five times to, stop, to like, pause Netflix exactly and get a picture of it, but I could not. But she had a great face. Yeah, uh... I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure everyone on Glee had to like part of the audition process was like show us your face journey. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh yeah, but Sue's like how the Mercedes the fact that you wear pants instead of a skirt disgusts me because cheerleaders are supposed to be fuckable underage girls. And Mercedes is like, "Listen, I'm scared of showing too much skin and causing a sex riot." Um <laughs> good for her. <laughs> Good for her being confident in her body image, except for now it's Sue Sylvester telling her, if you want to be still on the Cheerios, you have to lose 10 pounds by the end of this week, and you must wear the, and I quote, gender-appropriate Cheerios uniform. My note here is just, oh. That's yikes for me, Coach Sue. Because, yeah, she yeah. has she has an interview with some cheer, cheerleading magazine. There's so many cheerleading magazines, and she has an interview with all of them over the yes. course of the fucking series. Yes. Um, she's only, been only named... after she, yes, only after they got her, only after she forced them to declare her the best cheerleading coach for the past 2,000 years since the birth of Christ. There suck it, Domitian. Been... Your cheerleaders suck. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, this episode's gonna be about body issues. They could have sang body language, but they didn't. No. <laughs> is this good or bad? I don't know. I don't even know what the song is that you're referring to, actually, so... By Queen? I actually don't think I've ever heard that one before. Uh, I can't remember how it goes. I think it just goes, body language, and then, like, lip-popping noises. <laughs> okay. They've done weirder. What are, what are some other bo- what are some other body songs? Quick that th- that they didn't do because I didn't think to do it or they didn't exist yet. Um, um, all about that bass. Body rock. Body rock. All about that bass is there are five years too early for that. Head, shoulders, knees, um, and toes. I like big butts. They they never did. Baby got back. Did they? They didn't. I can't imagine so. Even though at this point, the baby back ribs jingle from Chili's was in full swing. <laughs> Yeah, they had some weird music choices for this episode. Not like bad choices, but just weird ones. Here's the thing about the music choices is that they're they're all low key. They're all either they're they're sad or thoughtful or just chill or a combination of the three. And 
I got I got so disinterested at the, at the point of several of these songs that I yeah. did just go on to Ranger Board to feel an emotion, even if it was spite. Oh no. I do have a fun bit of episode trivia for when we get to the point where it's relevant, which should be within the next couple of scenes that we discuss. I have a fun bit of trivia that is not about the episode, but about the Glee Wiki entry for the episode. Okay. So let's let's get to that point then. I think I probably know what you're talking about. Okay, so um, <laughs> anyways. Go for it. We we go so we go from Sue telling the kids to diet to Sue to going up to or no, Will goes up to Sue. He's like, why has the auditorium been completely booked by the Cheerios? And Sue or why is the auditorium locked? And Sue says, because I've completely booked it by the Cheerios using the sign-up sheet that I keep in my waistband at all times. Uh, yes. So, sorry, sorry, Will, but you and your hair will not be able to rehearse in the stadium or in the auditorium for the entire week. Um, mm-hmm. And then... And my, my note here is, what if this episode was a heist? Oh, about they about, them, nice getting the, about them getting the keys to the auditorium from Sue. But yeah, anyway, Sue also just straight up tells Will that she's blackmailing Figgins. <laughs> yes, remember, this happens. <laughs> and so, Will, the, like, the, next, the next scene, like, this scene is 30 seconds long, basically. It cuts immediately mm-hmm. to Will at the end of a Glee rehearsal, and he's like, And by the way, kids, Sue and Coach Sylvester has unfortunately booked the auditorium for the whole week, so we'll have to find another rehearsal space. And mm-hmm. God, I wish that Will had just said, And kids, I'm afraid to tell you that Coach Sue is blackmailing the principal. <laughs> <laughs> just just tell them, Will. We don't care anymore. That, just tell that them. Would have been, that would have been fuck wild. But as it is, the only reactions are that Finn is upset about it and doesn't think it's fair. Rachel wants to do a sit-in, and Puck wants to commit arson. <laughs> <laughs> and then Will's like, "It's okay. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna find us a new place to practice aside from the school during school hours." I a guess. Flash mob. Do a flash, flash mob. mob. No, that's like two episodes from now. Um. Anyway, Man, as... remember flash mobs? <laughs> oh God, improv everywhere. <laughs> um. But yeah, they Will's like, "I promise, I'm gonna find us a place to practice." And every then the bell rings, and so they all go to leave. And then Kurt like waits like two seconds, and then grabs Finn on the way out, and like Finn, what do you think about these swatches? Kurt says a whole bunch of like fashion and fabric and designer words that I don't understand, and frankly, I don't think Chris Colfer understands them either because neither of us are that gay. I'm pretty sure that's just Ryan Murphy. Yeah, and Finn doesn't understand what's going on either, and he just kind of, like, points at one, and Kurt's like, Oh, you picked the da-da-da-da-da. I thought you'd pick the da-da-da-da. Oh, you picked the Xehanort swatch. I pegged you more for a Larkzine swatch, man. <laughs> <laughs> because those words are as real as the fashion words he says. Exactly. And then Finn's just like, Okay, and he leaves. Which, like, well, it's because Kurt is redecorating his bedroom. And it's 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 a I don't know something something meets a hunting lodge, and Finn says, yeah. "I live in a closet," and that's not a metaphor, which is shocking because this is Glee. Yeah, yeah. There was like on the TV tribes page there was a note where Finn's it's like Finn says, "I live in a closet," and then no one made a joke about it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, let's do some crash diets. I love crash diets. Uh, <laughs> I loved the one week I tried to be on the keto diet before the guy teaching me said apples are bad for you. And I said, you know what? Fuck this. Exactly. 
this is all to say the Kurt and Mercedes go to lunch and he yells at her for for eating grilled chicken and salad when he's only eating celery. And my note here is I forgot this was one of the first body image episodes and now I'm mad. And also because like, hey, people listening to this, if you are conspicuously trying to lose weight, the key is manage your portion sizes, eat healthy foods that will promote weight loss. So like rice and lean protein. Also, then just keep exercising. The key is not celery diet only. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's my food advice. If you gain weight, that's fine. That's perfect. The only place that's unacceptable is in society, and society is a fuck, so no one cares about it. Mm-hmm. If th- Be more concerned about your teeth. <laughs> oh my if, god, yes. If you eat an entire bag of dark chocolate M&M's, listen, listen, I know those dark chocolate M&M's are fucking delicious, but if you eat a whole bag of those in one sitting... Tanner. Oh, the, the same applies to the Cadbury mini eggs. Tanner. If you, if you eat a kilogram bag of those in one sitting... Tanner. Not only is that going to hurt your tummy, but also your teeth are going to be in serious trouble. Yes. So if you eat a whole bag of those and you say, hey, my mouth feels kind of tingly, go brush. Tanner. Tanner! This has been Tanner's Food Advice Corner. Tanner, do I need to send you a water pick? No. Okay. Although, that reminds me, I should I should get in touch with an orthodontist and try and get that bar removed from the back of my teeth so I can floss properly for the first time in 15 years. But that's a you, different podcast. You still have an extender? Oh my god. Is that what those are called? I th- I, that's what I think they were called with my orthodontist. Not that I got one, but hmm. like... I had other fucked up orthodontia issues. <laughs> Anyways, this is not the teeth episode of Glee. Yeah, that's that's next season. It's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, um, Mercedes is upset about this, and then she goes to ask Brittany and Santana for their advice. So Brittany and Santana, they're like, "We're always able to stay healthy thanks to the Sue Sylvester Master Cleanse." And I wrote down what it is. It cuts to. Kurt, Mercedes, and Becky watching Sue put a shake together. So it's water, maple syrup for the glucose, mm-hmm. lemon juice for the acid, yes. cayenne pepper to irritate the bowels, yes. and dash of Ipecac, which is a vomiting agent. Yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes Brittany adds a teaspoon of sand. And this is where they spell the whole line about, you can either be hungry and pretty or be full and fat. It's just, it's so dumb. And then Mercedes, they get a shot of like Mercedes deliberately putting down her plate of healthy food that would help her in losing weight. And then we get to pan over to Sad Quinn, leaning against the wall with a lunch tray in her hand. She is hashtag concerned. Yes. But also, when when Mercedes walks up to Brittany and Santana, do you remember what she said, Tanner? I think my cat's been reading my diary. I forgot that that was, I, w- I was distracted taking notes and I forgot that that was Brittany's line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another gem from Brittany. Thank yeah. you, Brittany. I can't I can't believe that Glee Wiki never mentioned that this is potentially the first mention of Ward Tubbington. Anyway. Anyway, Carol is back. Yes, Carol is back, baby. She's back. She ha- she's had a makeover and she is selling her furniture. Yes. Well specifically she's getting rid of the old stuff that she doesn't eat anymore. The honeymoon set. Yeah. And Finn is upset because it's like because it's furniture that reminds him of his dad. And he's like, I was conceived in that bed and she's like, No, honey, you were conceived on a pinball machine. And I'm like, <laughs> Great 
Anyway, the the mover guy comes in and he's like, are you also going to be getting rid of this chair? And Carol's like, yes. And Finn's like, no, that is father chair. I'm emotionally connected to this chair that I've decided is haunted. Okay, he does. It's not haunted, but no, let's we'll we'll get there. Haunted chair watch. (laughs) And Carol's like, okay, fine. We won't get rid of the chair. And Finn is like, "What's going on? Like everything has changed. You're so different. Like, like you've got you you've got new clothes. You got a new haircut." And my note here is "R.I.P. Denim Glory Jacket," <laughs> which doesn't make sense, which we'll find out in a few scenes. Yeah. Um. But anyway, um. It turns out that guess who she's dating? It's it's your friend Kurt's dad, Bert. Yes. Carol and Bert. What a good couple. I'm gonna call him Kurt. Wait. <laughs> Barrel. <laughs> the silver crystal! <laughs> I don't understand that. Sailor Moon! Oh, okay, okay. Anyway. That's the scene. That's the whole scene. Carol is dating Bert, yeah. and Finn's like, I'm sad because chair. Mm-hmm. The only picture of me and my dad is him holding me as a baby while sitting in this chair, and that means that, mm-hmm. it, that we must keep the chair. Yeah. But that's irrelevant. Will's gone to a roller rink. It's called Rinky Dinks. Yes. Yes. And surprise! Guess who's back? It's Kristen it- Chenoweth. Yes, Kristen Chenoweth is back, and she's the owner, manager, and star singer. She interrupts her uh, PA announcement that she's leading the couples to because she sees Will crossing crossing the, the, roller, the roller rink area without any skates, and I wish someone just bowled right over him. Oh god, that would have been great. But but she did say, Oh, as I live and breathe, Will Schuster, I just had a sex dream about you. Yep. She did. And then she forces and him to do a duet. Yes. She I'd like to hear to note that like when she when she was introducing the song, she was like, Okay, everybody! Grab a guy, grab a gal, or grab a gal if you're a gal, or grab a guy if you're a guy, just do what the Lord got major, or something like that. Which means that my note here is fire, aka this one's for the gays and the straights. <laughs> uh, it's fire by Bruce Springsteen, and it sure is a song that happens. This was the it's, first song that I zoned out. So- uh, it, it's not a song hype enough deserving of the title Fire. No. No. If you wanted a fun song for them to, like, dance to and reconnect to, you have literally the entirety of, like, 80s dance pop. They just do some, like, they sing for a while and then they do some fun roller skate choreography, which the Behind the Glee video confirmed that was Kristen Chenow with Anne Matthew Morrison doing their roller skate choreography. No stunt doubles were involved. <laughs> That's something. Yeah, that's something. And then they go to sit to have a nice sit-down talk. Yeah. And Will's like, I thought you were gonna go get your life together. And she was like, well, I was so jazzed about cleaning up. I have no idea if I sound like Kristen Chenoweth. I need to go higher. I was so jazzed about cleaning up that I had to stop at a bar and get a drink. <laughs> and then I didn't leave that bar for like four or seven weeks. <laughs> and then, and- she, then she met... Uh, some rich guy who owns strip malls and <laughs> Buddy Leibowitz of Leibowitz Strip Malls. <laughs> I'm I'm where I always wanted to be. I'm the mistress to an incredibly wealthy strip mall tycoon and owner operator of a cabaret roller rink. Yeah, and my note here is Kristen Shadowith brings a surprising amount of pathos to April Rhodes. 
Like, that she does, she has a moment here, I don't remember what the line was, but it's like, she does genuinely realize, like, how how artificial and unhappy her life is. <laughs> and, like, good on you, Kristen. Yeah. Kristen Chenoweth, you're too good for this sinful glee. Yes. Will briefly brings up how Sue locked them out of the auditorium, and, because they didn't pay rent or something, and then <laughs> she's like, yes, please come and practice here. You can have, you can practice in this roller skating rink. And then Will says, okay, cool. I have to go prepare my apartment for the for the leasing showing. And she's like, do you need applicants? <laughs> oh, Will, you're divorced? Do you want to fuck me immediately? <laughs> I almost just spat my drink. Because <laughs> it really is that. She's like, she's like, oh, are you available for people to have sex to, for, for people to sleep with? And if I sleep with, I mean have sex with? And if I have sex with, I mean with me? And I'm just like, oh my god, okay, we get it. She's horny. <laughs> Don't waste all this energy on Will. Yeah. And then it, it turns out, it'll turn out later that's actually part of her, like, sad clown facade, which is, like, surprisingly patho- like surprisingly pathos for Glee. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining, I'm just surprised. Yeah. Um, so we're, it's the next day, uh, the trios are getting their way in, Sue congrats Becky on now becoming a teen girl obsessed with vanity. Congrats Becky, you're doing amazing sweetie. But meanwhile Mercedes has gained two pounds? Yeah. This is my note where I said, Mercedes gains two pounds and I want justice for Amber Riley and black people both of 2010 and of now. Yeah. Also it's just that, that's what happens if you try and diet by just not eating. Because your body goes, oh shit, something's going wrong. We better hold on to all the fat we can, because clearly you're in some kind of famine. (laughs) That's the entire thing about keto. Any diet, really. Oh, yeah. Keto just is a very specific way of fucking you up. That's very true. Anyway, Sue says some, some lines about how the Cheerios is like, being in the Cheerios means that you do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. (laughs) I know we can make it through. Sorry, I'm I'm obligated contractually because I'm the Degrassi fan. Go for it. Live your, live your dreams, bud. <laughs> so Finn goes up to Kurt. He's like, "Why are our parents dating?" And Kurt's like, "I have set them up as an elaborate ploy to seduce you." Well, he doesn't say that. What he says is they met at parent-teacher conferences, which I attend so that I can run interference for my dad. Yeah. He, he leads Bert over to Carol. Yes. You both have dead spouses. Maybe you should talk. Yes. Bert says, you know, because like Carol is wearing another wonderful denim outfit. And Bert says, you know, I was just saying that acid wash should make a comeback. And Carol says, who says it ever left? And it's so stinking cute. <laughs> this is why it doesn't make sense that Carol got a makeover because she should have just stayed extreme jean jacket vest I mean, mom. like, like haircut Yes. Maybe, like, different shirts? Yes. But keep the denim jacket. (laughs) Keep the denim jacket if it's something that your partner is interested in and likes. Yeah. This whole scene has my notes as, it turns out that Kurt wants to Folger's coffee siblings Finn. Or, oh my god, they were roommates. Yeah. What the fuck, Kurt? (laughs) Congratulations, Kurt. You've now begun to sin. Welcome to Glee. Yep. Um, but yeah, Finn is extremely attached to his room and also his chair. Yeah, because the Finn's thing is like, 
he doesn't he never really got to know his dad and so he's got a lot of he's got a lot of like psychological attachment to the furniture and like specific physical memories or evidence in the house of his father <laughs> we'll talk about more we'll talk more about that later anyway yeah. anyway um the rest of the club comes in um will says they're gonna go to a roller rink santana says weren't those outlawed in 90 1981 for being totally lame to which i say come on santana i'm sure you can think of a better comeback and kurt says it's okay even though even though you're upset and even though we all hate rachel and jesse i have a song to make it better <laughs> finn is very hung up over a chair and i've decided to throw a barb at rachel and jesse because why not yes but also we should make things about me and make sure i have a chance to sing a solo so i'm going to sing a house is not a home by Dionne warwick Mm-hmm. yeah and i think this is a good song it's it is a in this number there's like an interlude from finn where it cuts from like kurt deliberately singing to finn who very much so doesn't want to be there to finn singing to his dad's chair <laughs> finn finn serenades inanimate objects part 2 yes and he and it's like it's a very passionate moment because kurt's like look i just i just want a, i want a home with my romantic interests and i want them to be interested in me in turn there's there's a brilliant moment in here where it's it's a chain combo side eye who from like quinn who like side eyes tina who then side eyes Artie, and they're all like <laughs> hey hey this is kind of gay yeah <laughs> and I, I think even at the beginning of the number like puck looks over to fitty mouse like dude are you gay <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happens. But during this, of course, like, Britannia does, like, a little, they do a little fun pinky link and they, like, lean on each other's shoulders. They do full-on snuggle. Yeah. I'm like, at least someone's enjoying this. And Will cries. Oh, I forgot that I, I, one of my notes was how convenient that there is a song about a chair. Yes, exactly. It starts off with a chair is still a chair, even when there's no one sitting there. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a whole song about stop being hung up about a chair. Yes. And my last note here is, Kurt cries. Good job, Chris. He's moved to tears simply by the fact that Chris and Chenoweth is on the same soundstage as them. Even though he doesn't actually have- oh no, he does have one- he has two scenes with her. Um, also, at, at this one I do want to mention, so there's a note on the Glee wiki under errors. And so, er- errors yeah. in an episode. You're thinking like, oh, so they, they shot something where someone's like looking one way and then the staging changed between changing camera angles and so they're at a different way. One of the errors listed is, the roller skating rink this is a bit far-fetched. There are many other places that they could have practiced, such as the choir room or the gym. Also, why would the Cheerios need the auditorium, when most of the time the Cheerios practice in the gym? <sighs> Frickin' Glee Wiki, take off your tinfoil hat. It's, it's, it's kind of... <laughs> it's just wild that whoever made that edit is like, um, the plot in this episode of Glee doesn't make sense, and I feel that is an error. That is a production error. That they made an odd story that I don't think makes very much sense. Freaking get used to it, my dude. <laughs> this, you, can't, you can't start pulling that thread or you're getting up like us. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I feel like we just keep ping-ponging between plot lines without any, like, good joining between them this this is probably because that's how the episode is this is very much like we we need we they needed a breather episode between 
things just going off the shits again for the next several episodes. Yeah. It's because it's <laughs> there's there's a major element there's a major element of me that's missing from this episode that I'm not gonna reveal it until we get to the end, but may, uh eagle eared listeners might be able to figure it out. Yeah. But moving yeah. on. Yeah. Um gosh, where was I? Um, sleepover time. Sleepover time. April walks in, she does tell tell her that she needs to vibe check his apartment. Yes. April Rhodes uh, projects back from 2020 to tell Will that she needs to check the vibes. She needs and to, like, feel, feel out the ghosts and, and the chakras. And he says, okay, but you have to sleep on the couch. You are not sleeping. You, you cannot have the bed. And also, you can't have any of the liquor. And she's like, that's okay! I brought my own! And she, she does pull out a ball of white wine, which is the worst possible way to get drunk. Yeah... I mean, it's not maybe the worst way to get drunk, but it's definitely not the most efficient way to get drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need and you need to be like me. Go like when the, the the New Year's Eve, the the bar mistress. Now that's not the right term. The the waitress comes over. And she says, "Can I get anything to drink?" And I say, "I need something cheap and dangerous." And she says, oh, "Okay, here's here's a shot of orange liqueur inside a bottle of Guinness. Go ham." Oh my god! And I did. Yeah. And, and and then I found out the manager was a guy I went to school with once, and I told everyone that I wanted to climb him like a tree. I think that's... I'm pretty sure you've heard the story before. Yes, I have. I didn't hear the orange liqueur part, but yes, I have heard the... I have heard the climb him like a tree story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so they sing a mashup of one less oh. bell to answer. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, the when Rachel... Not Rachel. Thank God it's not Rachel. When April got there... <laughs> Um, she was wearing this kind of, like, white, like, trench coat thing, and then she took it off and she was wearing, like, a pink nightie underneath, but it, it was, like, there was no tailoring on this garment, and it made her look like a child in a sundress. <laughs> it's just something where I'm, I just have a hard time believing that that is anything remotely lingerie. Or sleepwear, for that matter. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Time for a good song. Okay, so here's the thing. They sing yeah. One Less Bell to Answer mashed up with A House Is Not a Home. But I'm pretty sure it's just the entirety of both songs. This scene lasted it's... for ten minutes. Really? I di- okay, probably not, but it felt like it. Okay. Because it's the entire song. And th- you you care more about Chris. you. I am not moved to tears by Kristen Chenoweth, but you are. So I'm, not, you're gonna- I'm not either. Okay, but you're probably going to get more out of the scene than I do. Because yeah, so the whole, first. as far as I'm concerned, this whole scene was just April and Will looking distraught in their separate beds, and then April slides into mm-hmm. Will's bed, and then they sang another, like, seven verses <laughs> in bed together, looking away from each other, then looking at each other, then looking at the ceiling. <sighs> yeah. So, I, I liked this scene, listeners. Um, I think, I initially thought that this was something that happened later on in the episode. So, like, I, I had it, my brain had it placed later than it was. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, I enjoy this number. It is something that I think would not be out of place in, like, a Broadway musical production. Because yes. it has that, maybe because it's Kristen Scheiner with a Matthew Morris and two Broadway legends deliberately singing a song that is staged to feel more like a Broadway duet. Because it's, like... The two of them are both, like, reminiscing over, like, lost love and, 
like lost dreams and chances and stuff like like Tanner said is they stare out of windows um and they they kind of like wander around his apartment like making up the couch and stuff and then April does like go sleep platonically in Will's bed and it's just it's a very good song I I like this mashup and I think they I think they both blew it out of the park so like good for them I will say that this is probably not going to be my top song of the episode. Yeah. Um, while this entire thing is happening... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Hudsons and the Hummels have gone out for dinner at Breadsticks. Kurt is toasting the uh, the two families meeting, much like the Bouviers and the... I think it was the Bouviers. The Kennedys. The, yeah, the Kennedys and the Bouviers. Uh, the, the joining of this great family. Meanwhile... <laughs> Finn is like slouched over, sadly sipping a coke out of a straw on the side of his mouth. Like mm, we're not a family. Yeah, he's he's being a very sad, moony teenager. Until that is, Bert asks him about sports, and Carol is very happy that her son is happy and that her partner is happy. Finally, Finn has a, a figure, a male role model in his life that won't plant that- weed in his locker. <laughs> And meanwhile, Kurt's over there going, I am sad when not am about me. But, but gentlemen, have you not considered Carol's pants that I purchased for her? Yes. Have you not considered that I bought my future stepmom pants? <laughs> They're like, nah, sports. It's time for sports. Man, sports time. Yes. He, there was talk about like, oh, hey, I can get you tickets for a football game if you want to go to see a live NFL football game. And he's like, really? And Kurt's just, like, doing, like, the the Grinch thing of just, like, screwing himself up smaller and smaller. And then we get to go see Kurt at home, where he's methodically tearing down all of the swatches from his wall. Yeah. Bert's and like, listen, they all looked gray. <laughs> which, as, like, look, I love my mother very much. She is someone, she's one of those people who is currently trying to figure out what she wants to paint the rest of the house, and it is literally all shades of grey with bare- with, like, the barest tint of colour. And I'm very sick of the decorating trend. <laughs> How many shades? Hmm? How many shades? <laughs> I'm just giving Tanner a look. Because I know, I know where, I know where they were going with that, and I'm, I am not taking that bait, nor am I tying my mother to it. <laughs> tying your mother, Christina Phrasing. I don't, I don't feel like this is a family podcast. I don't feel like trying to go. Oh, please, this is not a family podcast. <laughs> we're explicit on iTunes. Okay, <laughs> and also so, I don't feel like going back and doing another take of that, so it's fine. So, anyways. Anyway, Kurt is upset, and Bert is like, look, I I am sorry, I was not trying to hurt you, it is simply that Finn and I have more common interests, and I am, and I love you, my son, and I am here to support you, my son, we just don't have as many interests in common, and I am trying to support you in your interests, and Kurt is just not having any of it, which is like, fair he's 16 it's okay so one of the things kurt specifically takes offense to is that uh bert says him and finn was were just having guy talk and kurt's like i'm a guy dad yeah don't get the fuck out of my room i have to moisturize 
Yeah. And here's the thing. Yeah. I understand where Kurt's coming from, but I cannot relate. Because the minute my dad realized that I wasn't even remotely interested in sports things, it was such a burden off of me because like, oh, finally. I, I, I feel like Kurt's thing is that he's upset that his dad had a much more instant connection with Finn than with his son. Yeah, you, you would... You would think that Kurt would endeavor to make a connection of a similar sort with Carol over fashion. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can assume that that's happened sometime off screen? Maybe. But yeah, it's like, Kurt, in a few years, hell, maybe even in a few episodes, you're going to appreciate that your dad doesn't expect you to be a jock. Oh my gosh, yes. I think that's in literally two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways... Blessedly, we get to leave the family conflict behind and join Artie, Mercedes, and Tina at lunch. Yeah, Artie and Tina are trying to get Mercedes to eat literally anything. I think it's mm-hmm. like chips or something. And Mercedes... Uh, she has a peppermint patty. A pe- right, a peppermint patty. Okay, to be fair, peppermint patties are nasty. Don't, don't, don't... I do not fucks with mint and chocolate unless it's mint chip. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a French mint before? I think it's it like... made me sick. <laughs> Oh, well then never mind. Peppermint patties, Yorkshire mints, they're the worst because it's like, it's like, what if we took an Oreo and filled it with toothpaste? Yeah. But yeah, but Mercedes is being nasty because she's hangry. She's hangry yes. before that was a word, I think. Yes. Uh-huh. They, they remind her that crash, di- that crash dieting does not work because apparently... There was, like, a note on the wiki or something, or maybe some of the TV trips, about how, like, Mercedes is eating, like, a spoonful of cottage cheese. That kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but then, like, her vision starts to blur, and then uh, Tina and Artie start looking like food. Tina's an ice cream cone. Artie's just a whole-ass cake. <laughs> yeah. They just, yeah. They just made a big cardboard cake slice, mm-hmm. and they put it over his entire wheelchair and body and everything. It's just his head sticking out. Yeah, and Tina is Tina is dressed up as, in fact, your favorite flavor of ice cream, mint chip. Oh, oh, it's because she's trying to give her a peppermint patty. <gasps> Symbolism. <laughs> anyway, then Mercedes gets up to go somewhere. And she then... does say, I'm really hungry, so stop trying to get me to eat you. <laughs> and Mercedes yeah. Artie's like, did she just say she wants to eat us? Yeah, and they're just like, we don't know what's going on here. And then Mercedes gets up to go do something. And then she sees Jesse dressed as a hamburger and Rachel as a cupcake, which is weird because in my memory, I had a memory of like Jesse being dressed as a bunch of grapes, <laughs> like a fruit of the loom bunch of grapes. <laughs> anyway, then Mercedes is like, oh, this is, oh, this is so weird. I'm screwed or something like that. And then she collapses Yeah, and passes out. Yay. A uh, quick disclaimer, my favorite ice cream flavor is actually maple pecan. Ah, I am sorry. I did not know that. <laughs> okay, just because the, 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 you're more likely to get people coming for your neck if you say you like mint chip than p- if you say you like pineapple on pizza. <laughs> Interesting, I did not know that. Anywho, we're back from commercial. Mercedes is in the nurse's office. The nurse is like, your blood sugar's low. And Mercedes is like, oh, I don't know how yeah. that could have happened. Yes. I, my my first note here is black nurse. That's nice. Yeah, like there's someone, there's a person of color portrayed in this episode in a position of responsibility. 
like active responsibility and i'm i support her hey the nurse, hey. The nurse is very nice remember when terry was school nurse <laughs> oh my god don't mention don't bring it up that it, if this if that happened nowadays she would have just well if terry had been the school nurse for this episode she would have been perpetuating the whole lose weight thing that mercedes is dealing with already mm, yeah the if terry was here this would have been an eating disorder episode instead of just a crash diet episode then the nurse walks away and it's revealed that hey it's quinn who brought mercedes to the nurse or at least who is there with her i would like to imagine that quinn carried mercedes to the nurse with her bare hands i mean look she probably could do it Motherhood gives people superpowers. They say that when or, someone's or carrying in, babies, they say that when someone's in danger, a mother can lift an entire fellows Glee Club member. <laughs> yeah, she's uh. like, "Hey, Quinn, do you know that I used to be on the Cheerios and Sue Sylvester was still a bitch?" Yep. And Quinn is like, "Mercedes, I want you to eat this granola bar, please." And Mercedes is like, "No, I need to lose weight for the." photo shoot and Quinn is like okay look I used to also be bad about food and then since becoming pregnant with flat baby I realized that I need to eat to keep her alive and so then why not keep myself alive in the bargain if listen if if I'm gonna turn this flat baby into a full baby <laughs> I need to eat protein yeah and no that that is a good part yeah it's it's a good scene because it shows that like hey look like they're they're being friends and it's it's a very just genuinely like nice conversation like Quinn Quinn kind of like debunks the the bullshit that Mercedes is spouting because of what Sue has said and they start to be friends yeah that you you gain all the weight back after you go off the diet because your body's like finally some good fucking food and then. And it's just, it's a good scene. And then Quinn's like, I'm going to hang out with you here until your mom gets here. And also, I want you to eat this granola bar, please. Yeah. And Mercedes is like, fine. I really like that scene because it kind of highlights the fact that th when you go on a crash diet, like deep down, you kind of know that you're not doing your body right and you're starving all of the needs out of it. But you mm -hmm. do it in because it's not about like when you get to that point, it's not about being healthy. It gets to like a mental thing. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. and you you if you read anything any good stuff at least about eating disorders anorexia or not the not otherwise specified stuff and it is like it it's not about eating healthy and or eating unhealthy even in recovery it's about getting past the mental block that says i it's almost like a magical thinking thing that kind of goes into obsessive compulsive stuff where it's like it, it it's it's not that if i eat the cake I will gain weight because of the stuff in the cake. It's like, if I eat the cake, the universe will make me fat. And so I must, this is the problem. I must solve it by not eating. I am so, mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah, I'm not a psychologist. So I'm, I'm using a bunch of bad stuff, but it's very much, it, it's all in your head, but uh, pretend I said that in a way that t t sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, th I think, I, I know I get it. And yeah. I'm sure that probably everyone else does too. Please email us if you have a better way of putting that into words. Yeah, definitely go for it. Anyway, so the we then get to have a nice, good old-fashioned Glee mood whiplash. We get to go to Rinky Dinks! <laughs> the Glee Club is allegedly rehearsing, but really they're just rolling around the rink. Really, they're just hanging out. Yeah. The only 
scene that we really get of the Glee kids is Rachel doing like a like a shoot the luge, like skate between Jesse's legs kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But if you watch the behind the Glee, it's like there's a whole bunch of other footage that they didn't use of the kids having fun and hanging out and skating. Like there's there's a whole bunch of footage of like Heather Morris just like completely beefing it. And, like, Chris Colfer doing, like, fun little jumps and stuff. <laughs> There's a part where, like, Diana Agron, like, almost, like, she almost completely wiped out and everyone else was, like, cackling. So it's just, you have to go watch the B-roll for the good, fu- fun footage of teens having roller skate adventures. Yeah. Because <laughs> what we have to do in the episode instead is to go have a nice, serious talk with Rill and April. Mm-hmm. The, the only note I put down for the scene was that uh, April was kicking him the entire time they were in that bed together. Yeah. They have a talk where essentially it's like, Will tells her, you deserve to be more than a roller rink manager inside piece, and you deserve to have a home and to be happy with what you're doing. And then she's like, this has inspired me to go break up with my with my wealthy boyfriend. Um, and my note here is, and I guess just burn rinky dinks down for the insurance money. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, also, Carrie Underwood's Home Sweet Home was playing over this scene. Because <laughs> so we've got to beat it into your heads that this episode is about home. And houses. Yep. Yeah. And then she says, okay, bye, I'll be back at the end of the episode. <laughs> Alright, so. Next scene. Yeah. Is. Oh, right, it's this scene. I... <sighs> A dense one. So the next scene, we have Kurt going up to Finn, saying, we need to break our parents up. This isn't what we planned. Mm-hmm. And Finn's like, excellent. I knew, I knew that you left out with the sports talk. I have a cunning plan. Mm-hmm. And so we cut to the Hudson household where Finn's just walking past his mom with his dad's urn. And she's like, honey, what you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just going to flush dad down the toilet. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and then Carol plays an Uno reverse card. Yes. <laughs> she takes the urn. She says, oh, oh, this is how you want to play it? You're going to be this petty because you're attached to a stupid goddamn chair? Okay. And then she walks and she plops the urn in the seat and like, let's watch a basketball game together as a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... It's a very dense scene, but it's a very, it's a surprisingly, like, sensitive scene for Glee. Yeah, because, so it's it's a whole big monologue, mostly monologue from Carol. Basically, she's saying, like, listen, I get that you're sad that you never met your dad, but you're attached to a whole bunch of things that you really don't have any connection to him on account of you never met him. You do not know what he would want because he died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile... I fell in love with a man, married him, had a child with him, then he died. And I go to bed with his urn every night and tell him about my day and ask him what to do when I'm raising a kid and try and get his permission to date because it's been 16 or 15 years, however long it was. Yeah. And hey, I'm I'm lonely <laughs> and yeah. I have never met a man who likes me back and has a, a nose that I know that Bert's going to be okay with me having a kid and being a single mom because, hey, so is he. Yeah, she has, uh, it's so good. And my note here is, I think she said something along the lines of, like, we need a family. We don't need any more memories of ghosts. Yep. And it's just, ugh, it's so good. Because then it's also, like, you can tell that this is a conversation that, in theory, they should have had a long time ago. And they just, they hadn't had it until now. But they have a very, like, 
They have a very, like, touching moment where Finn is, you can tell that Finn is just, like, processing everything that was just said to him. Yeah, like, another thing that Finn says is that what they have works and I don't want it to change. And Carol strikes back, it doesn't work. You just think it does because that's all you've ever known. Mm-hmm. And, like, if if you look in, like, just the background of their lives and pretty much any Carol scene where she's, like, you can tell she is desperately trying to hold things together for Finn's sake. Yeah. It's like, listen, yeah. th- this is not only me having feelings for Bert. This is a business opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's nothing so mercenary. But Bert is attractive because he looks pretty and he is economically stable. Yes. It's tying back into Santana not wanting to date Puck because of his credit score. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a very good scene. Yes. And we have another very good scene right after. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. It's time for the big performance for the sake of the writer that's coming to interview Sue. Of course, he is sitting between Will and where Sue sits. I, I feel like it's noteworthy that this writer, he, that he is black. And I'd definitely seen him before. And it turns out that this actor, he is also in 30 Rock and like the original Broadway cast of Mamma Mia. Oh, wow. And also in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Nice. So, like, he's out there. He is getting work. Good for him. Is that Michael Benjamin Washington? Yes, that's him. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Um, but Sue gets there, and then she makes jokes about, oh, I was I was expecting a woman because your name is Tracy. And he's just, like, staring at her the whole time, just like, you ain't slick. <laughs> she says some more dumb jokes, and he's like, you know, I like, I'm only doing this because I'm freelancing, right? And she's like, I don't care. You're still here lis- having to listen to me. And my note here is, like, there's a whole bunch of, like, of the Glee kids sitting on the ground in front of the teachers. So they're like facing the middle of the gym floor. Fuck those Glee kids. They don't get chairs. Yeah. Well, they got to be there for the big singing moment that happens. And my note here is Finn is there, but he's trying very hard to make himself look short while sitting down. (laughs) So anyway, then like the lights go out and then Sue is like expecting her entire, you know, I'm sure probably spectacular, but not up to par performance to happen. And then instead, out walks Mercedes, thankfully, in pants like she wants, mm-hmm. uh, carrying a microphone. And then she just reads the entire institution of cheerleading for filth. Yep. <laughs> if you've ever felt fat, raise your hand. If you've ever felt bad about the fact that you have pimples or that you aren't conventionally pretty, raise your hand. And then everyone is like raising their hands from the student body and stuff. And she's like, and I have a song to sing, so come on down and sing with us. <laughs> and it's beautiful by Christina Aguilera. And it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and it's beautiful. And it's also a musical coup on Sue Sylvester. Yes, musical coup part two. You can clearly tell that this is something that like, Maybe all of the Cheerios came together, or maybe Mercedes was like, hey, what if we did this instead? And they were like, hell yeah. So here's the thing, actually, is is that Kurt and Santana have an exchange while Mercedes is doing, like, reading the For Filth, where Santana's like, what the fuck is she doing? And Kurt's like, I have no idea. So no, the Cheerios were not in on this. Okay. Which does raise questions when, <laughs> when they do actually break out into, like, some slight choreography and join in and harmonize perfectly with Mercedes halfway through the song. Well, I mean, part of that is because, like, I mean, Santana and Brittany and Kurt are there who are already on the Cheerios. But also by that point, like, because people, like, other students get up and then start singing with Mercedes. 
And I think like Quinn was one of the first ones and she just like walks around and just like rubs her baby bump while making direct eye contact with the entire student body, daring them to come at her. (laughs) She's like, if any of you try to contact me or Mercedes, you will be shot on sight. (laughs) And then like everyone joins her eventually from the Glee Club. And it's nice because it's like, hey, Matt's in front. Do you remember Matt? (laughs) Ryan Murphy doesn't. Listeners, tweet at us if you remember Matt. <laughs> exactly. But it's a, it's a good song, and Amber Riley does a great job. And at the end of it, then Kurt has his heel realization and apologizes. And they hug. And then Sue's just sitting there, just, like, bereft. Because her plan was disabled without her knowledge. Yeah. Or it was dismantled without her knowledge. <laughs> and then, but then, after that... Uh, she meets with a reporter in her office and the reporter's like, listen, I was going to annihilate you because I heard that you were the worst person imaginable. Yes. He literally says, I, I was going to expose you as a coward, a cheat, and a racist. And there was real fear in her eyes. <laughs> but then he's like, but actually, I just so loved how you had your cheerleaders up there and they were all so inclusive and they had all different kinds of body types and skin colors. And I just believe in you so much, Sue Sylvester. And then she bloviates about her own bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Next. Um, Bert is at Finn's house and Finn's like, what are you doing here? Uh, Bert's like, I came over because I wanted to talk to you. And Finn's like, good, I want to talk to you too. And Bert says, okay, but me first, because I'm grown. <laughs> I basically lays it out, listen, I respect that you miss your dad, but he's dead. And I am now dating your mother, and I like her a lot. And I would like us to be a family, and I'm not just saying that. If this goes well, I would like to actually see you as a son alongside Kurt. Yeah, it's it's the kind of talk where it's like, I have to have my partner's child's approval before I feel comfortable going forward in the relationship thing. Which, like, it's kind of weird when Finn is, like, drastically taller than Bert. (laughs) But it's a very heartwarming scene. Because then Finn's like, well, you know what? I think Bert Bert even says, like, I want to be her hero for as long as she'll have me. Yes. And I'm like, oh, that's good. And Finn is like, well, everything I was going to say sounds real petty right now, so... Would you like to watch a game? So they go into the living room, and Bert's about to sit on the couch, and Finn's like, wait, no, sit in this chair. And he takes his dad's urn off of the dad's chair, and, like, Finn probably thinks he's real slick, but Bert knows exactly what's going on, because he does, like, kind of give, like, a a respectful nod to the urn. Mm -hmm. In my notes, I just have written down Nanny McPhee. I actually don't think I've ever seen Nanny McPhee, so I don't get it. Okay, so here's the thing. Do Do you know of Nanny McPhee? Yes. So in the movie Nanny McPhee, uh, there's, they hire Nanny McPhee, and she's, like, helping raise the kids. And the reason she, she has to help with the kids is because a single dad, his wife, passed away. And he's never been able to remarry, and he just can't handle it. And the kids are absolute menaces. They trick the last nanny into thinking that they ate the baby. <laughs> and and the, But the dad, who's also Colin Firth, he has a similar situation going on where, like, he is, his wife had a chair, and now she's dead. And so no one else gets to sit in that chair. And, like, sometimes he'll, like, be sitting pensively in his chair across from her chair. And there's a scene in Nanny McPhee where, like, Nanny McPhee, she's, like, she's walking past the chair, and she turns to the wife's chair, and she's like, good evening, madam. And then she walks on, and it's like, ah, Nanny McPhee is magic, and she, like, respects the ghosts. And I'm not saying the bird is, can see ghosts, but I'm saying it's a similar vibe of, like, <laughs> Mr. Hudson. <laughs> oh. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Aw, that's... 
I I definitely think. Oh gosh, it would be, this would be a much different show if Bert could see ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, I gotta write a euphemic where Bert can see ghosts. Bert can see the ghost of the script. <laughs> but they sit down and Bert, Bert says a great line, which is, I hate Duke like I hate the Nazis. Yep. Just casual reminder that this is not a Nazi. This is not a. I, oh my god, I almost just said Nazi. This is, all, this is not a Nazi supporting podcast. If you support them, you can kindly stop listening to our show in GTFO. Yeah. And then, like a vast predatory bird. <laughs> We pan over to the window where Kurt is standing there in the rain, angrily watching the two of them bond over sports. All around me are familiar faces. Oh no, faces. No, wait, no, hold up. It's when somebody loved me, <laughs> everything was beautiful. <laughs> I don't actually know the lyrics besides the first line. I don't know. Sometimes I don't understand the song When She Loved Me from Toy Story 2, but I still cry. Oh yeah, same. So, anyway. but it's but it's time for the last scene. Yes. Can't, I can't believe we've gotten there so quickly. Will and April are hanging out in the choir room. <laughs> Uh, can, can I, do you want to recap what happened or you want me to? I, I need to recap it because like April's talking to Will and she's like, Will, I took your advice and I told Buddy Leibowitz, Stripball Tycoon, that if he wants me, he has to take that the whole package, leave his wife and marry me so we can be a real couple. And then he died! <laughs> and Will's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, what? <laughs> yep. Yep. He had a heart attack right in front of me, and the old battle axe didn't want anybody finding out about me, so she shut me up to the tune of two million dollars. Yep. So then April's like, yep, I'm gonna head on down to New York City. I'm gonna put on the very first all-white performance of The Wiz. <laughs> Which is factually false, because I guarantee you there's a high school performance that's all-white. Yes, but there's a difference between doing it in a high school and doing it to make money. That's true. And also, my note here is just in all caps, ALL WHITE PRODUCTION FOT A WIZ! F-O-T-E-H-W-I-Z, because I was typing anguish. <laughs> and then just, NO! <laughs> but fortunately, but on the upside, she also, yeah, Rachel's there. She did a, she did a helpful thing with her money first. Yes, Rachel's there like, hey, by the way, did you tell them about the other thing you did? And April says, oh yeah, uh, I also bought the auditorium and bequeathed it to you. So now it's the April Rolls old Civic Pavilion. Yes. And then they sing home from the Wiz. Yes. And the episode was done, so I didn't take any notes because it was the last... No yeah. Oh no, I did take one more note. So here's the thing. Here's the fun fact. The folks... <laughs> oh wait, no, hold up. I, I think I know the fun fact that you're going to say, and I would like to talk through some of the stuff at home before we cover Okay, that. yes. <laughs> so, with home, my notes here are, Chris and Shannon with cheekbones are incredibly dramatic. Yes! And also, I think I realized that she's used the same pink bedazzled microphone across all of her appearances in the show. <laughs> and also then, Mercedes and Quinn have significant eye contact while they're singing. Um, and like, Chris and Shannon with does a good job with the song. But it kind of sucks that the entire rest of the Glee cast is literally relegated to dressing in black and standing in the background as the backup singers. Yeah, I'd be like and, that. Yeah. And, like, 
at one point, it's like this within the last few bars of the song, she like raises her arms and then the backdrop lifts up, so that it's then like the like the kind of dreamy dawn sky background from "You Are Meant for Me" from "Singing in the Rain." Like I had to go back and Google it, but it's like pretty much the same thing. And then we get a shadow note to black. <laughs> so, uh, viewers at home, yes, you may have noticed that something was missing from this episode. Blessedly missing. Uh, uh, to, to quote the Gwee Wiki, this is the first episode where Rachel does not have a plot line. <laughs> One sec. <laughs> I think she literally only had one line in the episode. But yes, Rachel, this not appearing in this episode. Well, she was a cupcake, but that was it. Well, yeah, that's true. So I have some other fun trivia about this episode. Let's hear the fun trivia. Hey, can I give you my another fun fact? This is the first time in a while that I haven't been completely fucking drained from having to go through an episode of Glee in a long time. Really? Really? I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Maybe it's because there's quality in the episode. Yeah. One of my fun facts is that they recorded Fergalicious for this episode, but didn't release it. I want to hear it. They, They were going to set Fergalicious... As, like, a number that the Cheerios were going to be practicing in the auditorium. And it was going to be a Mercedes and Kurt duet with the Cheerios as backup. And apparently they recorded it and did not release it. And, the like, the 10-second Google search that I did last night did not reveal a single place where it had been leaked on the internet. Yeah. Like, ever. Yeah. Uh, that you know they they should have had that because they needed a musical number to like bring the boot up a little bit and you know what they should have yeah. put Fergalicious in instead of fire. Yes, exactly. More fun trivia is that um, in the behind the Glee video, Kristen Shenwith mentioned how much she liked singing with Matthew Morrison, which is like okay, fine. I guess I'll give him a half a point of credit. Um, but also in that same like behind the scenes video. When like the kid, when like everyone is roller skating and having fun, um, there was a part where Chris Colfer, like, was talking. He was doing a talking head or interviewing or something, and he said, "Like, here's the thing. I'm great at doing all kinds of trick skating. Like, I can I can skate backwards and I can do jumps and spins, but I can't stand still and talk at the same time <laughs> on roller skates." <laughs> And then he was, like, doing an interview or something, and then Corey came up, and he said, yeah, like, Chris was like, Matthew Morrison and I are the best skaters, and then we got Corey over here, who's a llama on wheels, and Corey just went like, meh! (laughs) He did, like, a llama noise, and I was like, oh! (laughs) That's, like, the most high schooler he's been all season. Yeah. (laughs) But it was very good. It was very cute, and I wish there had been more of, like, the kids having fun in this episode, but they couldn't do that because they had Chris and Shenna within it. Okay. Do you want to ask me what I want first, or do you want to ask- or I should- should I ask you? I forget how we do this. <laughs> Who talks first? I, I talk first, start- you talk first. You started. You- I started, so you go. Okay. So in that case, then, um, my best- so- wait, do we do song first? Yeah, it goes song first. Okay, so my best song for this episode, I have it has to be beautiful. Yep. Because like, it's a great number by Amber Riley, and like, every everyone else got involved, and it was also sticking it to Sue Sylvester. So of course, 
What about you, Tanner? My best song was also beautiful. It was just, um, it was a very good song. It was the be- yeah best song in the episode. It does. I, I'm not going to say anything about whether Christina Aguilera has had body image issues or not, because obviously, like, even if you're a conventionally attractive white girl, you're still going to have body image. But it does also mean a lot more coming from a big black girl, just in the exactly, context. Yeah. And so that yeah. does. Like, just on, it's a cherry on top of the song itself being good at its core and Amber Riley doing very good vocals for it. Mm-hmm. And then just on top of it, just go, also, optics. Yeah. How about your best moment? I think my best moment for this episode has to be the fact that Mercedes has a character arc. <laughs> and it's a very good one. Although my close runner-up is the entire uh, Hudson Hummel plot. Because I, because I like the idea of having Bert and Carol find each other. Mm-hmm. But what I like even more is body positivity on the part of high schoolers. Yes, that is all very good. Um, yeah, what's your best? So my gold star goes to a fact that none of these could have happened if it weren't for the fact that Rachel does nothing in this episode. We look at all the great things we accomplished from Rachel doing nothing. Yeah, we got positive we got positive interactions with mercedes we got positive interactions with quinn we got cute we got meet cute from bert and carol we got sue sylvester being served we got we got finn having emotional development we got people in food costumes (laughs) we wouldn't have been able to afford those food costumes if rachel had to speak i mean Maybe. <laughs> Although, okay, I I I want to I want to mention my slushy moment first. It's not a huge one. Yeah, go um, for it. But it does seem of what you said because you mentioned Sue getting served. See, she doesn't really get served. She like she ends up not even of her own machinations. The yeah. the the song gets spun into something that helps her instead of her getting taken down. Yeah, and I just yeah. I feel like I have. I have a concise way of putting it, because that's also my slushy. Just the fact that Sue wins? My my slushy is that Sue gets away with it by the grace of a black woman. Black man. And a black man. Oh yeah, that's... By, that, by oh, the virtue yeah, of both, Mercedes' both performance, and, and Tracy Pendergrass, or whatever his name is. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a weird way to end that part of the storyline. Yeah. And I feel it would have been much more effective maybe a little redundant but definitely more effective if it was like a more like if it was a blonde cheerleader stereotype who showed up to do the piece and was like aghast at the fact that this was what their number was for their assembly and then like ripped to a new one for having the audacity of telling teens that they can look good like i can i can see it in my mind's eye i can hear ryan murphy pounding away at the keyboard of this like <laughs> blonde republican exterior sex kitten saying like, i mean if we if bring, we promote bring body, anna van camp back from sectionals if we promote body positivity in teens then they won't be able to do flips anymore and if they can't do flips then obama is going to be reelected. and then that would just motivate sue further to destroy the glee club fucking Woof, my dude. It makes so much more sense. But instead, there's just this guy like, Sue, despite the fact that you called me Reron twice, I've decided that you're a visionary. Uh... And this is supposed to be a smart man. He won a Pulitzer. He almost won a Pulitzer. 
Well, we clearly, clearly we know why he lost. Yeah. <laughs> because he he can't take the time to dig like one foot further and realize that this was a gorilla musical number. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's obviously mine. That's that Sue gets away with it. <sighs> oh, hey, hey. Here's here, here's a positive note to take us out on. Yes. Um, as of the recording of this episode, Amber Riley's EP is out. Yes. And that's that's almost topical on account of the fact that we're no longer like recording these three months in advance. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, there it is literally just titled Riley, so self-titled EP. Um, I listened to it on Spotify. You can probably listen to it on all of the other streaming platforms of your choice. Um, I I listened to it, and I think that I mean, like it's it's Amber Riley. It's a lot of it is really great. The only like song that I wasn't like quite as hype about was I think it's the first one on the EP and that was just because it was a little bit too like overproduced for me but it's it's all good it's all Amber Riley so like go listen to it she deserves it nice yeah I'll add to the list of the other 100 musicians I need to listen to on Friends and Recommendations (laughs) (laughs) what was that Tanner that was too many consonants at once aw it's okay would it help if I did the ending spiel? Sure, you can do the ending spiel. So, since we're no longer recording these three months ahead of time, it's time for your current events blast, everyone. <laughs> yes. I have a post-it note that's going to be relatively short. <laughs> Number one is please continue to wash your hands and wear a face mask. I know that if you're listening to the show, we don't need to tell you that, but I'm going to be saying it anyway, just because. Um, reminder, you are, please, please, please. Wear a mask if you are going to be in an enclosed space with or around people that you do not already live with because it is the polite thing to do and it does help in stopping the spread of the coronavirus. So number two is, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, it's flu season. So please go get your flu shot. Uh, They should be available through your local pharmacy or possibly through your work if your workplace is giving those out. Um, Number three is please help and support marginalized people across just just everywhere support marginalized people yeah um we are recording this on october 18th yeah this episode actually as, comes as out of, in like a week and a half so yeah 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 so i'm, I'm just putting the date on it yeah. because as of recording um currently <laughs> um no, no no offense to tanner or no, no, here, D- Ryan, actually, do you want but... me to take this one? Currently, can- currently, the Canadian government has decided that the genocide of the First Nations people isn't going fast enough, so when a bunch of white people, a bunch of, bunch of settler Canadians, decided to start burning down Mi'kmaq fisheries in Nova Scotia, the Canadian government said, oh, that sucks. That- that's a real shame. That's such a pity. And then did fucking nothing about it, and are continuing to do nothing about it. So, mm-hmm. please, this is one of the things where it's big enough that it's very easy to track down the right people and the right organizations to donate to. So donate if you can. Oh, yeah. If you live in that area, yes. try and like protect th- protect them. Like there are people going out and making like putting t- nails in the road to blow tires of people trying to get to their fisheries. So if you see that happening, physically go out and stop that. Yes, please. Please, everyone. The fucking RCMP were like launched with like assault weapons to get rid of people trying to block a pipeline, but they are nowhere to be seen when their an actual businesses mm-hmm. are being burned down. Mm-hmm. 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 
Yeah, and for those of us in the, for those of us in the south part of North America or the more southern part of North America, um, just please continue to just like support marginalized people, um, especially at the unhoused, because the northern hemisphere is entering winter time. Yes. So if you can if you can support them as much as you can, um, donate to like your local food pantry or specifically like hunger relief. Those, that's a good organization to help out with. Or even um, even another thing that people don't really notice, but if you see mm-hmm. city stuff starting to pop up where it's like, we've put these decorative spikes under a bridge, or we've oh, we've engaged yeah, rails going those. down the middle of benches, like that that is anti-homeless architecture. If you see stuff popping up that yes. is clearly to stop people from sleeping somewhere, like mm-hmm. try and get in touch get with the city and make it clear that like this is not solving an issue that is making worse for people that you should be helping. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and also just a reminder that generally donating to bail funds is a great idea yes. because even if there's not an active protest or demonstration going on in your area, bail funds can still be used for other things like getting people out of jail who are only there because they can't pay cash bail. Yes, and love the American judicial system. Yeah, um, I have one I want to add, which yeah, go um, for it. So for Americans, it elections coming up. You should know this by now. Voter re- registration deadlines are pretty much passed everywhere. And yes. if you were going to mail... That actually, that's actually the one that I have. Okay. So um, keep going. Ma- mail-in, the um, mail-in stuff is also probably... I mean, technically, you can still mail in your ballot, but uh, I heard a lot of people advising to mail it in before, especially before this episode came out. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. we don't actually, know how slow things are like, going to be at the post office. Yeah, yeah. Speaking, speaking personally, my roommate and I actually got our mail-in ballots yesterday, or no, Friday and yesterday. So... For for us, we only got ours just now because our voter registration didn't close until Tuesday. So, and then the state didn't mail them out until they had everyone's registrations in. So, if you are registered to vote in the United States, which hopefully you are, and ideally, like, people will be registered outside of the United States as well. But speaking personally for me, who is in the U.S., please, for the love of God, vote in your elections. Yes. Like Tanner said. Vote. Vote early if you can. A lot of places will offer in-person voting ahead of time. Or you should be able to request a mail-in ballot if your state is doing that option. Make sure that you vote through the entire ballot. Down-ballot races like district attorney and people who are elected to your state legislature have much more of an effect on your daily life than you may realize. And a lot of them are probably going to be up for election. So vote for those. Also, keep an eye out on your local propositions in your area because those are things like, hey, do you think that people who drive for Uber and Lyft should get like paid time off work? Or which paid I think is period. happening in California. Or paid period. Yeah. So also look at the propositions. There are so many places that you can like go to look up like to explain everything that's on your ballot. Like Vote 411 and Ballotpedia, I know off the top of my head. There are also places, like, I think Chicago has a specific election guide that you can probably find pretty easy. Um, But also, if you live in the United States and you don't care about who the presidential, uh, who was in the presidential race, please vote for Joe Biden. He's not my first choice either, but I saw something on Instagram a couple days ago where it's like, "He's, he's not my cup of Joe, but he's better than fascism. Yes. Also, if you're doing in-person voting, remember, do not wear anything that might imply a preference towards one party or another. 
Yes. Although specifically, specifically Democrats, because I guarantee people could show up there in wearing a suit made entirely out of Make America Great Again hats and they won't be turned away. But if you show up wearing a Captain America shirt, that might imply that you like democracy and that means you're biased and that could be considered campaigning. So yeah. wear the plainest, blandest clothes you can when you go to vote. But also make sure you wear comfort clothes because odds are you are going to be in line for upwards of 10 hours, which means bring yes. snacks, bring games, bring entertainment. Do not speak to anyone in line. Also, if you have the opportunity, there are organizations that actually deliver food to people waiting in line. So, oh, really? Yeah, actually, here, let's, this is, let me... This is the first that I'm hearing about this. Please send it to me. Deliver food to people in line to vote America. Uh, pizza to the polls. Okay, okay. If you can donate to Pizza to the polls, they will be able to deliver pizza to people waiting in line. Nice, Yeah. And also, just blanket statement, if you see people's GoFundMes going up, give to them if you can, because they're probably going to need them. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, I think we're done with the current events, Blast. There's, there's so many of them! <laughs> I know, I know, Tanner, there's, I know. Oh, the, yeah. world, the world is a shit pile right well, now. Here, here, here's the thing, here's the thing. I saw some people complain, well, like, um, it's not just the 2020 is cursed, these are actually the developments that have been happening for a while. It's like, okay, yes, but we didn't expect them to all come to a head in the same year, bruh! Yes. So. Yes. Here, here's how about this to end off if you're stressed about the events of the world like we are like I am yeah I don't even live in America but I'm fucking concerned because I know too many people there yeah here's the trick give yourself a break from social media for a few hours yeah or just Sign get off. very good at muting words and people or that you can actually, here's something I figured out a while ago. You can just mute people's reblogs. So if you're on Twitter just to check in on your friends, you can just go on Twitter and it's just your friend's funny opinions and like oh, yeah. mentions about how long Octopussy is. And you don't have to hear anything about the traumatic events if you're not in the right headspace for that right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy. You ready for me to take us out? <laughs> you can do the ending spiel and I'll do the next time. Yeah. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can also be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through loserlikemepod at gmail.com. And Tanner, next time, do you want to be bad? I want to have my sexual proclivities quantified. <laughs> Well, we know what mine's gonna be then. It's gonna be zero! <laughs> Three, two, one. And, and that's, that's what, what you, you miss on Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Oh, hang on. I have to make a note for when we get to a season three episode. Okay. <laughs> what, do they sing Pinball Wizard at some point? Yes, they do. Uh, vocal oh my god. Unique sings Pinball Wizard with vocal adrenaline in the Nationals competition. I have to remind myself to make a note about, I wonder if Flynn is having, fl Finn is having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs>